Greetings, everyone. You're listening to the Career Quest podcast, created out of the Work Integrated Learning and Career Education Center. I'm your host, Megan Harker. We will explore and discuss a variety of topics relating to inspirational stories of Northwest students, work relevant skills for today's workforce, insights into organizations and their hiring practices, employment and labor market trends, and much, much more. We want to support students by maximizing empowerment through education and experience. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, CareerQuest listeners. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the CareerQuest podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a segment called the Career Corner. And in the segment, we're going to discuss a variety of topics that relate to career education and employment readiness. Today's topic is very exciting and something that I hope you will all find very useful as you embark on your journey in the world of work. Today we're going to talk about resumes and cover letters and how to get noticed by employers and some really great tips and tricks as well as current trends that are going on with resumes and cover letters. And I'm very excited to have our guests with us today. A colleague of mine that I work very close with out of the Career Education Centre. Would you please go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, Hello, Megan. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, Yes, my name is uh, Lucy Ponert-Smith and I'm a career coach for the Work Integrated Learning and Career Education Centre. And I am out of that centre, I am focused on the career education piece. Awesome. And we are very excited to hear some insights and your valuable tips on resumes and cover letters that will get you noticed in this current uh, job market. So we're going to dive right into it. Um, A lot of what we're going to be discussing today is based on our own views and perspectives as it relates to resumes and cover letters. And I want to let our listeners know that there are many ways to do a resume and cover letter. The recommendations we are making is based on years of experience and trends that we're seeing in the uh, job market right now. And um, at the end of the day, this is these are your marketing tools. So whatever you're comfortable with, you don't necessarily have to take our recommendations and suggestions. And you'll also have the opportunity to connect with us for a one-on-one consultation because everybody's background is different. Everybody has a unique situation as it relates to their work history, their education. So that's not to say that you have to do a resume a specific way or a cover letter a specific way. I just wanted to start off by saying that. So we'll dive right in. So Lucy, can you kind of give us a little bit of information on what is the purpose and intention behind the resume? Fourth, uh, foremost, this, it is a marketing tool that you use to, to um, use when you're looking for a job. Um, I'd also like to say that sometimes the resume might be the first impression that an employer sees of you. Um, sometimes if you're in networking situations, you may have had prior contact with a employer. But if you are in the situation where you have applied for a job and you know you sent your resume and cover letter, your resume might be the first thing the employer sees, therefore the very first impression they have of you. So you definitely want to make sure it's effective and reflects you in a professional and a good light. So can you describe a little bit in greater detail about the different formats, styles, and types of resumes, and obviously some of the most commonly used ones that are out there today? 
Well, the first style of resume that most people would be familiar with and actually most employers are still used to is what we call the chronological style resume. So chronological uh, very much means things are in, uh, you know, the most recent things come first and it goes backward into your experience. Everything is categorized by uh, what you did most recently and then moves backwards. That is the most, still the most commonly used style. And like I said, it's the one that employers are still most used to seeing. Now, the other styles of resume are what we also call the skills-based or functional resume and also the combination or hybrid resume. The one, the biggest difference you're going to find with this style of resume is uh, sometimes if you are, let's say you have a long absence from the workforce, or if you are going into a career where you do not have the, it's a career change, so your skills are a little bit different than the job that you're applying for. Uh, what this resume does is it highlights, it takes your skills and categorizes them by category. And then you can, you know, you list your work experience, let's say, um, at the, you know, somewhere in a separate section, but really the skills are categorized by a, by section, as opposed to being put under um, the duties and responsibility you did under your work history. So really, it's kind of the situation and intention. Um, like I mentioned, the chronological one is still the one that employers are most used to seeing. But when you're looking at a, fun a functional or hybrid resume, this might, um, you know, uh, because like I said, if you have, you want to focus more on your skills because you're doing a career change or because you've been out of your workforce, that is the advantage of that style of resume. Awesome. Yeah, because that was my next question. So what would be some of the most common uh, intention or purposes for using different styles and types of resumes? So thanks for that. Uh, how long should a resume be? Like, what, what's typical? Um, what is the uh, standard for that? Well, I'm going to break it down to you because, again, these are one of those things you're not going to get one exact answer. Um, most definitely, it is one to two pages. Now, when I say one to two pages, it's not like if you, you know, went past that, uh, that it's, you know, you did something wrong. But what's going to typically happen is that it's the way the employer reviews the resume. So everything we're talking about here is coming from the way the employers or hiring managers or recruiters or whoever it is is looking at the resume. So generally, the most important information will be on the first page because that's going to get the most attention. Uh, we don't recommend going past two pages because, again, if you were to have a third or anything past that, it just may get glossed over and not looked at. When you're getting to the should it be one or should it be two pages, this is what I generally like to say. Um, if you are, you know, if you're a new graduate and your experiences, um, you know, you have a little bit less experience, one page is probably going to suffice. Uh, if you do have maybe a little bit more longer work history or you do have a little bit more relevant experience, then, you know, going into the second page is perfectly fine. The most thing I want to emphasize there is that it's relevant and that's why you're going on into the second page. And this is where I really like to say, think about it, that every line in your resume counts. So everything that you are putting on your resume is relevant to the job that you're applying for, speaks to the skills that the job that you're applying for. So if you look at it that way, then you can sort of look at whether, you know, going into a second page um, is, is really necessary and is really, um, you know, speaking to, again, what you want the employer to know. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that, Lucy. And, and the thing with a resume, and we, we coach students and we tell students this all the time, that the top of the resume is really prime real estate. That's where you're really, that's, that's where you're really hooking the employer when they're reviewing your resume. And uh, we always say that on average, and this is based on some analytics from Workopolis, that an employer will review a resume for approximately 11 seconds or less before they decide uh, to contact you for either a pre-screen or invite you for a formal interview. So I agree with you. you it's so critical that uh, the first part of the resume really is relevant and, and tailored to the position or the industry that you're going into and the types of opportunities that you're applying for. So while we're on the topic of, I guess, a little bit going into the format of a resume and what's included, the different headings, what are our thoughts around uh, an objective on a resume versus a personal uh, summary of qualifications, which can often be called a few different types of uh, heading titles, i.e. skills and abilities, highlights of qualifications. Uh, it's essentially where we list all of those different soft and hard skills. Sometimes a bullet point will be added about years of experience or uh, education. So what, what are some of your views around objective versus a professional summary of qualifications? Yeah, that's definitely a good one to bring up because this is again, one where you're gonna get a variety of answers. So what I always like to say is, is how you can think about it. Cause again, there's no, you know, should you or shouldn't you? It, this is one of those, you know, a lot of times on resumes, you can decide the way you're gonna do things. So what I like to say about the objective or professional summary is that, and, and, and again, what I've, you know, feedback from most employers is that you brought back that scanning. So again, when an employer looks at the resume for a first time, there is a, you know, anywhere from seven to 10 second scan where they're looking for specific information. So putting a professional summary, it's tough to say because it's in paragraph form, whether how that is looked at in a scan. When we're talking about cover letters, which by nature is in paragraph form, uh, what I always advise is that anything that you were put in paragraph form can go on to your cover letter because when you are reading a cover letter, you are actually reading paragraph form. If you're just trying to, again, highlight specific skills, having a, you know, highlights of qualifications or a skill summary is where you, you know, in bullet point form, summarize the most key skills that you're looking for. And I did actually have an employer panel the other day that was, you know, where employers said that they, their recruiter, they look at resumes all the time, is that put those key skills in a skill summary section. So, Again, not saying that you can't put a professional summary on there, because again, you're not going to get the same opinion from all recruiters or all uh, career professionals, but that's just a way of thinking about it. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for that insight. I think, uh, again, just to reiterate that not every resume should be the same. We don't want that. Obviously, these are your marketing tools and you want it be, to be unique to your experience and, and stand out to employers because that's that's the intention behind it is you're you're wanting to entice the employer enough to call you for an interview and have a further conversation about how your skills, education, and experience are a good fit for them. So what are some of the most common mistakes that are made on a resume in your experience that you see working with students and as a career professional? 
Well, probably the biggest one is going to be that the resume is not tailored to a job posting. So we, we've been kind of mentioning some of these points before, but to really hit this point home, if there's one most important thing you're going to say about a resume is, first of all, the one that we talked about is that it should be easy to scan uh, because that is just that, that that's just a fact that the resumes are scanned. So, you know, your resume, however it's arranged, needs to be easy to scan. The second thing is, is that when you're talking about what makes an effective resume, um, it, it's not about being creative about, you know, using specific borders, colors, lines. What really makes a resume stand out, makes it effective, is that it's relevant to the job that you're applying for. And the biggest part about that is tailoring your resume to a job posting. That starts right away from, you know, the skills. If you're having a skill summary or even a professional summary, you are speaking to the skills uh, to the qualification section in a job posting. Even when you're writing your past work history, you are gearing all of your, um, if you have past work history that's different to the job that you're applying for, you are making those skills, um, you're focusing on the most transferable skills that apply to the job that you're applying for. So this is where I get back to every line in your resume counts. So being relevant and being tailored to the job posting as opposed to just a general resume that you send to every employer, that is probably the most important um, aspect, the most common mis uh, mistake made. And that's really what makes an effective resume. Yes, I think uh, the tailoring piece is definitely a game changer and something really that I think just has been more on trend in the last couple of years. I always say to students, gone are the days of a generic resume and cover letter because it just won't do um, in this job market. It's highly competitive, obviously, depending on the industry or sector that you're going into, but ensuring that you are you know, capturing all the different types of skills, qualifications, uh, and requirements, like you said, that that specific role is looking for on your resume and cover letter is, uh, is definitely something you have to be mindful of. Okay, just curious to know, uh, because you're a career professional and you've been uh, working with students quite a bit, and uh, I'm sure you've encountered this many a time, where we have students that have CVs. What is the general difference between a CV and a resume? Well, first, I just want to start out by saying why there is a difference. Um, so a CV, curriculum vitae, and as opposed to resume, this really comes down to different standards. This could be down to what, uh, what is used in different countries. It could even be down to what is used in even different sectors of Canada. So that's why there is differences, because it's just different places use different styles. But the biggest difference between a CV and a resume is, is that a CV is, um, it includes everything that you've done in your career. So a CV would include, you know, articles that you've researched, any kind of uh, conferences that you've been to. It, it is a longer document because it includes everything in your um, career history. It is generally used more in academic uh, settings. So uh, if you're, you know, applying for a research position, your CV, therefore, like I said, it would include all the research that you've been involved in, um, all the articles that you've written. That's why it's so much longer. A resume is really, like I mentioned, a one to two page document that's tailored to a specific job posting where it lists your education and your skills. So everything needs to be exactly relevant to the job where a CV is going to include everything in your professional and academic career. 
Okay, great. Um, I have another question. This is this is something that we commonly see a lot of times because the students are taking their post-secondary programs or perhaps they're doing a career change. What are some of your recommendations to really highlight those transferable skills on a resume in the event you don't have a lot of experience and you're going into a new field or you are doing a career change? Yes, excellent question. This is probably what I spend a lot of time talking about with students. Uh, now, first, let's again, let's talk about those transferable skills just to make sure we all have an understanding of what are they. So transferable skills are skills that you use in all jobs. Typically, they are what we refer to as the personal or soft skills. So that would be communication, time management, problem solving, people skills. And these are skills that everybody has. So you have them from uh, not just from, let's say, past work experience. You have them from schooling. You can have them from volunteering. You can ha even have them from personal personal experience you have in your life. So no matter what job you've done, um, or again, any type of volunteering or schooling, you have these skills already. Everybody has them. So even if you, let's say, don't have any experience in you, you, you have your education, you have, you know, communication skills, people skills. So when you're looking at your resume and you're applying for a position that either you have no experience in or the experience you have is different from the job that you're applying for, you really want to focus on your transferable skills. So what that means is, let's say in your work um, experience or your volunteer section, you are gearing all the duties and responsibilities towards, you know, what was based on communication, what was based on let's say teamwork uh, what was based on let's say if you're applying for something that's people-centered and you have customer service position then your customer service is transferable if you're for, let's say focusing on skills from schooling maybe that's something that you can elaborate a little bit more in your cover letter because you can speak to that so really um, when a lot of students say to me I don't have any relevant experience or I don't have any experience at all. That is never true because you can always look at anything that you've done and you can always focus on the transferable skills. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights on uh, resumes. I think uh, that was um, really comprehensive. And again, uh, for, your, for our listeners out there, if you are in a position where you're starting to develop a resume, you're starting to tailor it for a specific industry, uh, you're starting to embark on your journey where you're looking for employment, I recommend you come and connect with Lucy and I, and we can either do a review if you have an existing resume, or we can help you develop a new resume from scratch. So let's start having a conversation around cover letters. Cover letters, oftentimes, I, I always viewed them uh, more or less as uh, formality when you're applying for a job. Uh, because I know that when I was in a recruitment position, I would rarely ever look at the cover letter. And again, I think that's coming from just wanting to get that snapshot of information for potential candidates. So uh, wanting to know, do they have related experience? Do they have the education that is relevant to the position I was recruiting for? Uh, do they have those hard and soft skills? But now I'm finding the trend is uh, cover letters are, are becoming more and more uh, of value when you're applying because I guess people have really shifted their uh, mentality, i.e. employers, candidates looking for opportunities where, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to uh, sell myself and really showcase all of those amazing qualities that make me the best fit for uh, that specific position. 
So what is, what is the purpose and intention behind the cover letter, in your opinion, Lucy? I like that you mentioned that, uh, uh, Megan, because, um, and you know, there's that word selling yourself, which sometimes I like to go away from that word because I think that intimidates a lot of people, even though that's actually what you're doing. But I think it's a really good opportunity to show who you are. You're, it's amazing how much personality comes in a cover letter, because I always like to say the resume is sort of like a checklist. Like you said, you're scanning for specific information. But as soon as you're starting to write in paragraph form, you really have a voice. And what you could use this voice for is to say, really, uh, you know, why this employer should hire you, but that could be a few different things, why you want to work in this type of position, why you want to work for this company, which is something that's often highly overlooked in a cover letter. So I'm not just looking for a job, any job, I'm really interested in your organization and here's why. And here's really the key points of why you should hire me. This is my strength. And really, because again, you're writing in a paragraph, it says a lot about you, your personality and who you are, your professionalism, you can really pick up a lot about somebody from the way their cover letter is written. So because it's not just about the skills that you have, it's who you are, do you fit, what type of person you are, do you fit into this uh, company, the type of person that they're looking for. So really, the purpose of a cover letter, because often, students will say to me, well, if they don't ask for one, do I have to write one? It's not just having to write one. It's really about what an opportunity it is to really speak to the employer, to be given a voice and to say, hey, this is really why you should hire me. And this is why I'm really interested in working there. And if you really write an effective cover letter, the power of that, that could really be what brings you into that interview. I can tell you're passionate about the subject. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really am. <laughs> it's actually, it's very true. <laughs> yeah. So again, trying to get back to what you said, is a cover letter really necessary for every single position that you apply for? Well, like you mentioned, I have noticed there is there is a bigger trend now because most of the time positions wouldn't ask for one. A lot of times I do see positions that do ask for it. But I think the biggest thing would be, well, first of all, if imagine just competition wise, if people, because I remember when I used to also be a, a manager and, and, and doing hiring, and I would get a resume without a cover letter, the first thing I would think is, well, this person couldn't be bothered to write one, whereas this person could. But I think bigger than that, or more importantly than that, is that you are missing out on that opportunity to speak to that employer. So why would you not want to explain to the employer why you're a good hire? Because yes, you've completed a program. Yes, you have this work experience, but how many other, maybe even hundreds of people have completed the same program about you? I always really like to say the cover letter is what is special about you? Why you? Right. Because I think a lot of students, when I ask them, you know, why should an employer hire you? A lot of the responses, well, I've taken this program. But yes, but so have how many other hundreds of other people. So really, what makes you tick? Why? What is special about you in this position? And that really is ultimately what happens in the interview. Oh, I like that. That's uh, definitely something that I recognize, too. It is an opportunity just to really showcase what an excellent candidate you are for the position. So how do you how do you tailor a cover letter? What uh, what are the steps in doing that? What would be my my initial approach if I if I wanted to do a solid tailored cover letter? 
Well, and, and, and this is something I like to talk about because I don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into it. Um, I think cover letter is something that does intimidate a lot of people. It is a little bit more intimidating than the resume, most definitely. But I think if you are willing to put the time and the effort into it, because it definitely is um, to write a really effective cover letter is not just something you do in one draft or you do you learn quickly. It does take time to learn and it does take a lot of time and effort. Um, there are sometimes when I'm working with students and I go through with them and I tell them all the steps, I sometimes see the wide eyes and the realization of how much work it actually in involves. But putting that work in is definitely worth it because really uh, we talked about tailoring your resume um, which is necessary, but your cover letter is fully tailored. So you are writing to that employer, to that position. So that really starts with analyzing that job posting, understanding what kind of candidate that they're looking for, um, using keywords, which you've also used in your resume, but really beyond the keywords, really understanding, because the employer is saying to you in this job posting, this is what we are looking for. And in the cover letter, you are not just saying, this is how I meet this. But I think what's key about the cover letter is you are demonstrating these competencies. Now, when I say demonstrating these competencies, you are now explaining to the employer, these are not just what the skills I have, but this is how I've used them. And these are positive outcomes, or these are, you know, successes I've had, or uh, again, that how I've used these skills, which is a big thing that I think is missed in cover letters, really explains how you demonstrate you have this experience which is a really key point I want to emphasize because it's one thing to say I have a skill, but to really explain by using examples or going into more detail, this is how um, I have this skill and this is how I've used it. And that is a little bit more powerful than just saying I have this skill. Yes, I agree because you're actually uh, qualifying and quantifying your accomplishments versus just saying, this is what I have. Um, you're, you're giving it so much more impact by, by writing to um, the actual, I guess, the outcomes and the results that you've achieved. And like you said, demonstrating them. So that's amazing. So I think one of the biggest things I'd like to point out about cover letters is that you could write a professional sounding cover letter um, that is perfectly acceptable, but it is what I'm going to call not the most effective. And what I mean the most effective is um, a common trend in cover letters is what we like to call grocery listing. So grocery listing is where you are going to talk about that paragraph that you see that says, and I've probably read this paragraph a hundred times, is that I'm a good team player, I have good time management and interpersonal skills, good communication, and I have the skills required for this job. So really what you've did is the reason I call it grocery listed, you've just listed a bunch of skills and saying that you have them. And it's very commonly done and it does become in a way very, I'm gonna say generic because it's a very generic paragraph. There's nothing specific about that. So what I would say is that you do not have to list and cover all your skills on a cover letter. What you wanna do is you wanna go beyond what's on your resume. You wanna really pick maybe three key qualifications and expand upon them. I think this is a very important idea and what a lot of you know people don't understand or realize is that you don't have to cover it all. So instead of 
you know, you want to pick three key qualifications. Your education is always going to be one of them. And then add maybe another could be for your past work experience, or it could be something you have from volunteering, or it could be just, you know, let's say one of your person's personal skills. Like I'm going to focus on my problem solving and then expand on that in more detail. So saying this is the problem solving. This is how I've used it, where I've used it, how I've done it, how I effectively use it. Rather than grocery listing five skills or qualifications, I'm going to focus on two or three, and I'm going to expand on it by using an example. So one of the things I do when I'm working with students is I say, on that job posting, this is a qualification or this is a duty, one of the key duties or key qualifications. Think about where have I done that? Where have I demonstrated that through your personal experience, your volunteering, your work experience, schooling? And then, you know, where's an example of that? And then put that in there. And that does take some work. So you should never just, I was gonna say, pick up your pen. Uh, type, how, how old school, type on your keyboard, start typing. You should actually plan it out. You should brainstorm. You should think about reading the key qualifications. Pick out the keys, because you're gonna have job postings that maybe list several. What are the key ones? And then think about where is an example from my experience that I can elaborate on that. Like you said, quantify and qualify. Focusing on how I did it, what was a positive outcome. Because a lot of times when I work with students and we do what I call the digging exercise, the digging exercise is when I sort of, you know, ask a series of questions about, well, where did you use this skill? The next thing I know, a student tells me, well, I received a compliment from this from my supervisor. I was known for doing this. And I'm like, wow, that's extremely powerful. I didn't even know that about you. And I wouldn't know that about you. So why don't, you know, putting that and including that in your cover letter is really going to draw, you know, that employer to want to bring you into an interview. Thanks for all of this information. I'm, I'm so excited for our CareerQuest listeners and uh, all of the knowledge that they're getting today. Again, I can tell that this is something that it, it's ambiguous. When you, when you start writing that cover letter, you're like, what do I put? Like, how does this work? And I find cover letters are still very formulaic, the way they're set up, which hasn't changed much, right? Because Initially, like most letters, you have your contact information at the top, uh, you have the date, the date usually is the day in which you apply for the position. Um, what about personalization? Um, so what I mean by that is putting the company information on there, tailoring it specific to the organization, their address, uh, city, province. And I guess to, uh, can you talk a little bit about the salutation? So. Are we addressing it to uh, human resources? Um, I know in some cases on job postings, they'll have the recruiter or manager or whomever, uh, you're sending it to their specific contact information. Can you talk a little bit more about like the formula? Well, yes, so that is still formal business letter format. So you do want to follow that format. That's just um, still the style. And that's just, you know, you know, having your personal information, the date, um, one thing I do really want to emphasize, like you said about the salutation to your hiring manager, is um, it, it does mean something to if you if there is the man you know hiring manager's name in the uh, 
in the job posting, of course, you should address it to them. If it's not, it's still highly encouraged that you try to find out who the hiring manager is. So that could be by emailing, that could be by phone call, that could be maybe by doing some creative Google search. Um, and I'm going to refer back to, we had an employer panel the other day, and one of the employers stated, and it really hit home when it said, it does really make a difference when they see their name on there. Now, having said that, sometimes it's not possible. So I don't want also, you know, students to panic if you can't find out who the hiring manager is, because sometimes it's just not possible. Organization's too big, information isn't given. So it is still acceptable, and I would go with hiring manager. It's still, sometimes people still say it's okay to use to whom it may concern, dear sir, madam. The standard now is more going to, you know, using the word hiring manager. Another thing I'd like to add, and maybe I didn't talk about as much before too, is that um, also when you're writing in the cover letter about writing why you want to work for this company, I think that's something that's always overlooked because that is powerful. Why? So again, I'm not just looking for a job, any job, or, or I heard someone say the other day, because it fits my schedule, I really want to work for your company and this is why. So this also involves going onto the website, understanding the mission, vision, and value statements of so the philosophy of the company, what services they offer, do, do they have values that match to your own, and including that in your resume. And that goes just beyond, yes, you, your values match to my own, because I've actually stated that and then seen cover letters that say, well, your values match to my own. No, what value and why? This is where we're going to really push the why, the how, the because, because you don't want to just state, yes, your values match. No, what value are you talking about? This shows that you are really interested, you've read the values, you understand them, and you've explained how it connects to your own. This is also something that is uh, very often missed in a cover letter because companies do you care why you want to work for them? And, and that is, and that's really going to draw you in. I cannot um, under explain the power of you know a cover letter includes this is why i want to work for your company and this is why and stating it that is very powerful i can't agree more actually um uh, the connection to the organization by mention of the values not just saying they align with my own because i've seen that done time and time again i am 100 with you lucy in saying how and what right talking about the philosophy. Why are you passionate about wanting to work for us? That's what employers want to know. Obviously, you have a lot of different candidates that they can select and bring in for an interview, draw for you to really, really put all of this time, effort, and work into developing your resume and cover letter is so that you can get in front of them uh, for an interview and you can speak to all these things. And I often hear that this is, you know, a lot of work. It's, uh, you know, but it's an investment. It's an investment in your career. It's an investment in you getting, um, you know, sustainable, solid opportunities uh, in the world of work. So when students say, wow, this is going to take me a while, I said, yeah, and it should. Uh, you know, looking for a job is like having a full-time job. Uh, you have to really take the time to plan and uh, think about the information that you're putting out there as you apply for jobs. This is a reflection of you. This is a reflection of, as, of you as a, your candidacy, you, you as a potential employee. Uh, so you want everything to be on point. You don't want grammatical errors. You don't want formatting issues. Everything has to be looked at from a very fine eye of attention to detail. Because again, this is a reflection of you. I tell students that all the time. 
that it's important for you to invest and, and, and think a little bit deeper about what you're going to be putting on your resume and cover letter. Yeah, for sure. And I also think it's such a necessity. Like we all know that, you know, uh, in the employment sector, you know, how jobs have been hit through through COVID and and, and I mean, even despite COVID, I think it's something that you would, you know, want to do, but there is a lot of competition out there. And, you know, again, I don't always like to put the competition, you know, stress on there, but it's a necessity, right? Effort and the time and, and to really do that. And also the power behind that. Because I always think if, if you're passionate in a cover letter, what, what does that say to you about as employee? Well, you're going to be passionate about as employee. And I hear a lot of employer state because I know a lot of students are really worried when they don't have experience. And again, I'm going to refer to an employer panel. I just had an, we had an employer say just recently that even if a student doesn't have all the experience, they will hire somebody based on the right attitude. Um, though, again, those personal skills. So don't ever underestimate the power of your attitude, the power of your personal skills, because this is something employers can't teach you. It's either something you have or you don't. And so if you're really portraying that to employer, they, they can teach you maybe if you're lacking some of the technical skills, because when they get the right person, it's also an investment for them. So don't forget about that because, you know, you don't necessarily have to have all the qualifications that they're asking for. Uh, but even if you're lacking a little bit of experience, that's okay. Because if you're the right person for the job, and like, again, that attitude, I'm going to use that word attitude because I love the employer said that the right attitude is so important. And in a cover letter, where are you getting? You are getting, you can portray your attitude, your passion, your want, your professionalism, your skills, right? Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity to show your, your level of eagerness for sure. Okay, um, do you have anything else that you would like to let our listeners know as it relates to resume and cover letters? The cover letter match the resume. And what I mean by that is font. Uh, we didn't really talk or go too deep into formatting as such, but should the cover letter match the resume? Yeah, it's actually what now you're getting into what we call professional branding. And part of your brand is that uh, there is that visual aspect to it, right? So yes, uh, you should have one style of font. It's the same font you use throughout. And you should really have the same size font. So except for, you know, commonly your name at the top is, is bigger and bolded, but you should have the same size font throughout the same on your resume and cover letter, even your contact information that you have at the top of your resume should match the contact information you have at the top of the resume. And you'd actually be surprised that I have looked at resumes with two different styles of fonts and there is a visual, it's what I like to call you're looking at something and something just doesn't seem right to you and you may not know, know what it is and it's actually a visual response. So when we're talking about, you know, formatting um, neat and organized and aligned and even down to the detail if you're putting dates down there and you're using that, um, you know, you're using a dash, sometimes you have a short dash, a small dash, that's a very small thing, but these things all matter and, and you, you actually do have a visual um, response to a resume about how neatly it is organized and, and does it match the cover letter. Those are all very important aspects as well. And I would say that would be one of the first um, reactions you have to a resume would be that sort of visual. Oh, absolutely. And that goes into, you know, something, something like white space on a resume, which is often overlooked, right? Because a lot of people don't think that 
you know, deeply about it, but having too much white, white space on a resume is problematic. And the way you format things and set things up margins really helps draw the eye where you want it to go. And sometimes the usage of bolding, um, certain things, again, a matter of style and preference, I think, but uh, really being intentional about that in, and in the formatting and the, the uh, like you said, the visual presence of the resume. Yes, and that also reminds me to put in there, very important is that we don't recommend using templates. Um, using a blank Word document is always best. Templates are problematic for some technical reasons, but I think most importantly is that I've never actually seen a template that is actually, you know, um, has all the elements that we've talked about, but also too, it's really hard to update a template over time. It's hard coded. So I really want to put that out there because I do see a lot of students coming in with templates and, you know, I mean, they're there. So people think, you know, why are they there? I should use them, but they are problematic. And um, there's, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but all the problems, but it's best to always have your own control and just use a blank word document. Awesome. Do you have any final insights or knowledge that you want to share as it relates to resumes and cover letters to kind of bring everything full circle today? Well, what I really want to say is that I know that uh, there can be some anxiety over it. Um, part of that anxiety is when you're job searching and, you know, you're, you're done your program now, you need to find work that is very stressful to begin with. So I know that there's a lot of stress um, with resumes and cover letters and worried about experience and worried about the job market. So I know we talked a lot about what resumes and cover letters should be and, and sometimes that seems like a very overwhelming task. But I just want to say that, you know, if you set your mind to it and you put the time and the effort into it, that it's something that, you know, that is possible to do, that, that you can learn how to do. It's just gonna take the effort and the time. So I don't want, you know, students to worry that, you know, we've mentioned all these things that it has to be. And if you have to worry that you have the ability to do that, everybody has the ability to do that. You just have to put in the time and the effort. And again, that we really in career education are here to teach you those skills. These are going to be skills that you're going to use in your, you know, in your career, in your life again and again. And so that's what we are here to do. That's why we're here talking about it. That's why we work with students. Primarily what we do in our jobs is work with students one on one to help teach you these skills. And that does take some time to learn them. So please do not feel um, intimidated by, you know, everything it needs to be. We're, we're here to support you. These are skills that you can learn. And we have many different resources as well, um, even outside of our one-on-one -on -one appointments. So we are here to help you be successful. We are here to help you learn these skills. And ultimately, we are here to help you be successful in your job search and find employment. Thank you, Lucy, so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge about resumes and cover letters. We hope that it was beneficial for all of our Career Quest listeners uh, listening to our Career Corner segment. We're excited to do some more uh, topics that will be beneficial for all of you in the months to come. So look forward to that. Please tune in and follow Career Quest podcast on SoundCloud. If you're wanting to connect with Career Education directly, please email us at W-I-L-C-E-C -E at norquest.ca.